This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and I hope that you leave these conversations with a little bit of information you can take with you for your everyday life, and I hope you feel a sense of community with this podcast. We do have a great Facebook group. It's called Why Is Everyone Yelling? If you'd like to connect with the community of listeners for this show, we'd love to have you join us over there. We'd also love to connect with you on Instagram. Our handle for this is why is everyone yelling? And I'd love to connect with you personally. I am Lindsay Hines 626 over there. We have a great episode for you today. This is episode 61 and I'm talking with returning guest Andrea Davis. Andrea is the founder of Better Screen Time. She's the mom of five and she's been researching the effects of screen time and what that has on families for years. And Andrea has just relaunched and added so many great things to her Tech Healthy Family Plan. It is a course, and instead of panicking and worrying or throwing your hands up in the air, they've spent time and energy to prepare kids to use tech as a tool. And this course can help you navigate that. In this episode, we talk about modeling healthy tech habits, working with our partners so that we can get on the same page, internal filters, self-regulation, and getting buy-in from our kids on having a tech-healthy lifestyle. Now, Andrea is offering listeners of the show a discount on her tech plan. When you go to betterscreentime.com, you can use the code LINDSAY15. That's Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, 1-5. And that will save you 15% off her Creating a Tech Healthy Family course. This will help you reduce screen time, restore family time, and raise kids who thrive. All right, friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please let your friends know who might enjoy it as well and leave us a quick rating interview on iTunes or whatever platform you are listening on. That is one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy my conversation with Andrea Davis. All right. Well, today we have a returning guest on the show, and I am loving returning guest interviews. So this is going to be fun. Welcome back to the show, Andrea Davis. So excited to be with you, Lindsay. Uh, congratulations on launching your course. That's so Thank exciting. You. Yeah, it really is. I've been working on it for the better half of 2021. So it's kind of a huge accomplishment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people, I don't think people understand how much goes into these massive online courses. It is so much research, so much work putting it together. And also just like I know the love you have for what you're creating and how much passion you've put into this. Yeah, it especially takes a lot of time if you want to create something concise. It actually takes more time because you're weeding out all of the junk. Plus, I did a lot of interviews with parents who had already been in the course before And so it was just awesome to get their feedback. And then I just feel like it's better than ever. So it's exciting. So what is the course called and what do people get from it? We'll start there and then we're going to break down some some pieces that they might find in the course. 
Yeah. So it's called Creating a Tech Healthy Family. And that was the original name of our course because that's one of my goals to help people do that. And my promise to people is that they will reduce screen time, restore family time, and raise kids who thrive. Because for me, that's really what matters. And I think that we can all agree we'd love to have less screen time. We'd love to spend more time together as a family. And really, I think we all want to raise kids who can thrive in a digital world. So that that's my promise. And then one of the key distinctions between our resources and maybe others you might find is that we always start with the parent first. Mm. So in the first week, I'm helping you as a parent with your own tech habits. So just like whatever might be the the hard thing for you, whether that's social media or whether that's, you know, it could be any number of things, just checking the weather every five minutes, just really kind of honing in on that. So the obviously we, do, we don't want to be distracted parents. And it's so hard, like this thing in our hands can be so distracting. And I think parenting has always been full of distractions. Like I think back to Little House on the Prairie and like their their fires, um, you know, they're cooking something and it started a fire. And you just think, yeah, parenting has always been full of distractions. But this thing that we carry in our pockets and our purses really can keep us from being an intentional parent. And so that's where we start. And then in the next section, I help you work with your spouse or your partner so that you can get on the same page. And I just know that from experience, it is so helpful to have some discussion points and think about like, okay, when do we want to give our kids a phone or do we? What and then what will that process look like? And are we going to use filters and what should they be? I think there are all these things that parents, they're conversations that parents need to have, but they don't always know where to even start. And it can be overwhelming. And also, if they're not always on the same page, I'm just kind of helping you get on the same page and, and find some balance. So that's where we go. And then the next two sections are all about working with your kids and helping your kids. And um, we go through this tech healthy family formula where we're first promoting connection, then we pause, then we prepare, then we protect, and then we practice. And as you go through that formula, you're really... Um, Cause I think a lot of times as parents, we want to start with just like fixing it, right? <laughs> like fixing the problem. But instead there's kind of a lot of stuff that has yes. to happen first. We have to build the relationship. We have to pause and kind of self-reflect and see what are, what is going wrong or what is going right. And then we have to teach our kids. We have to prepare them, protect them. And then the practice part I really love. It's where we actually start putting those habits and, and ideas into place and I help families create a family tech plan. And so, yeah, it's exciting to me to see how it's kind of all come together. Yeah. One of the things I love about creating the family tech plan is that your kids are involved in the process of these things. Like I, so many times it's like, if I give my kid ownership over being a part of the process they're just so much more receptive to like taking part in it like they they were part of the planning it's like if you if you plan a big event like you take a lot of pride in that event that you planned yes yeah no exactly and then your kids are helping each other they're helping you as the parent like mom remember yeah. we're now taking phones into the bedroom yes and so it helps, it helps everybody be accountable so this is one of the things that I struggle with is that 
me being on my phone, right? Like oftentimes, honestly, if I'm sitting on the couch, like scrolling or something and I hear someone come into the room, I like throw my phone to the side because <laughs> I'm like, I don't want my kid to walk into the room and see my face in the phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, Lindsay, maybe you shouldn't have been on the phone anyway. And not to say that like we can't ever be on our phones. I mean, you and I, right. a lot of our job is done on our phones, right? Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I or like if my kids are coming home from school for the day and they, the first thing they do, they walk in the door. I don't want them to see me with my face in the phone. And then lastly, scrolling on my phone in my bed, like, yeah. get, you know, get, I just like I'm trying really hard to keep my kids from con- seeing me constantly do that. But I will say it is a struggle. It's hard because yeah. these phones are addictive. I mean, that's they are. Yeah. They are. Yeah. And again, I think it's not like, oh, we can't ever be on our phone. And we, and I talk about this in the course, like really thinking about um, there's a, a gal named Emily Churkin who's in my space and she always uses this line of use your tech or um, live your tech life out loud. Mm. So just talking to your kids about what you're doing. Oh, and even one, one thing that I've been better at is even bringing my kids into my world on my phone. So if I am doing something and I'm looking at something, I'm like, look, you guys, and bring them into it instead of like, it's a separate thing that you can't see. So they know what I'm doing. And then one thing that you brought up that is super important, and I talk about this in the course, is being mindful of your the crossroads in your home. And so those crossroads are like when your kids come home from school and really being intentional about, hey, this is like 30 minutes where I can put the phone in the charging station and not look at it. And I can help get snacks and have the conversations, you know, and and whatever. And I think that those connection points, you can kind of identify those like in the morning and when kids get home from school and bedtime and there's those certain times a day. And then there might be other times when you're like, hey, mom's got to do some work for 30 minutes and I'm going to be on my phone, but that's, that's what I'm doing. And so, you know, just communicating, I think is important. I struggle with it sometimes because I like, they come home from school and I'm like, I'm going to be on, I'm going to be the best mom. I'm going to ask them about their day and have all the snacks. And like, they're like, it was fine. I'm good. (laughs) You know, can I go play with my friends now? Like they're not really caring. And I'm like, do they not care? I'm trying so hard, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had that same experience. And I found that there is this line from a parenting expert. Her name's Elisa Demore, I think. And she talks about being a potted plant. She especially talks about this with adolescents, Uh especially like as your kids get older, but you're just kind of in the room (laughs) and you're there but you're not really asking anything of anyone. And I find that as the kids get older, that's kind of like, it's good. You're going to be like emptying the dishwasher or wiping off the counter and you know, you're kind of getting stuff done, but you're there. Yeah. And I think that's that just that presence of mind is so important. Even if our kids don't want to talk or they're like ready to move on, they know that you're there so that maybe there is a day when they come home and they did have something happen They'll know, like, mom's always there, like, in the kitchen, or she's always, you know, I don't know, just available. Yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah. I'm working on those, like, side-by-side conversations where just little bits here and there instead of trying to spill out big stories or, you know, like, <laughs> they just, they don't want all that. It's it's too lengthy what I try to do. Yes. And, 
Yeah, um, well, especially boys. Yeah, like, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, what I forget? How many boys do you have, and how many girls? I well, I only have one boy. Oh, you have one That's boy. I can tell. Yeah, I have four girls and one boy. <laughs> so, have you noticed a big difference in that regard? Yes. Yeah, definitely. But I even have some girls who some of my girls are actually pretty private. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah. They're not super chatty. But I will find now at nighttime, like 10 o'clock at night, that's when all the the older kids, the teenagers all come alive and they start to kind of feed off of each other. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of the conversation happens now instead of like right after school. Which is hard because you have to recharge yourself then because you're used to, you know, when your kids are little, you're used to being like, my day is done, 8.30 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, these conversations are happening when I used to like be ready to watch my show for the night or go to read my book for the night and be done with kids for the night. It's so true. And same thing, like even last night, because I have been working more the past few weeks because of our course and trying to share it with the world. Again, it's like I'm one person. And so there's only so much I can do. But last night I was working and my girls were right out here because our office is right next to the kitchen and they were chattering. And I just went out and got a little snack Mm -hmm. and just kind of visited with them for even like 10 minutes. And so I think, you know, we can't be too hard on ourselves, but even just making a point to, to interact, to connect, even for just like 10 minutes is so important. Um, remind us of the ages of your kids. I, it's, it's been a year since we last interviewed. So yeah. So my oldest is, will be 17 in January, oh, wow. which is so hard to believe. She just took the ACT. I'm like, how did we get here? But Yeah, so she's almost 17, and then I have a 14-year-old girl, a 12-year-old girl, and then my son is 10, and then my youngest daughter is 7. Okay, you have 10 years, a 10-year spread. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What is your advice to – okay, well, no, here's a question, because, you know, go back and listen to my first episode with Andrea, first of all, Um, and we – Andrea tells the story of, like, giving her oldest daughter a phone before she later realized before she wanted to. So now that your daughter's 17, what does that look like? Oh, it's so much better. I can't even tell you. I, I, we later put together a course called untangling teens in tech where it's more of a one-on-one approach with your teen. Mm. And, um, so I created that like with my daughter really, because I thought, okay, I didn't prepare you well the first time. And so we went back to the brick phone for quite a long time. And then at some point you realize I have to start like allowing some baby steps and teaching and not just restricting, Yeah, which is, can be challenging. And so we actually, I kind of helped her. Well, she went through and identified her values. Like what, what are my values and how do I want to live my life both offline and online? And I think that's so powerful because if a kid can't do that, they're really not ready for much access on a smartphone because the, as you know, the smart, when you hand them a smartphone, you're handing them the world. So there's just so much access to everything. So they really need to have that strong sense of self and know who they are. So she did that. And then we created a parent teen pledge together where she kind of said, okay, this is how I'm going to use my device. And then on my behalf as the parent, I said, okay, I'm not going to flip out or overreact when things don't go well. And I think that was helpful for her to see that I had a part to play in this too that wasn't just about me laying down a cell phone contract and being like, 
don't do any of these things, here, sign it. It was more of a collaborative approach, which is really helpful. And so that's been so great. So she now, yeah, is almost 17. She has an iPhone. It still has restrictions on it. And I'm okay with that because we've allowed some apps on the phone. And in fact, she does now have Instagram on there, but I have access to the account and she only, she has a 30 minute limit each day. Okay. That seems like a healthy amount. Yeah. And we, um, there's actually a study about that that says that that's kind of a sweet spot for social media. Mm. For adults and kids, I'm sure. Like Uh not kids, but like teens. Everybody. yeah. Yeah. And so, um, that just seemed, seemed to work really well for us. And again, I didn't allow social media for quite some time. But as they get older, you know, you kind of have to take this mentoring approach. But we just picked one platform. Okay. Like, and I just picked the one that I was most familiar with and that she was interested in that was Instagram. And again, I, I just, I think you can find junk on any platform. <laughs> I mean, I know you can. You can also find good things on any of them, but we picked the one where I just felt like she, you know, she was interested and I could monitor that. So that's what that looks like right now. But, you know, she has limited access to other things and she doesn't have games on her phone or anything. And I know there have been conversations at the high school, even like during class about social media apps, because I think too the teachers, everyone assumes that all the kids have everything and I know she had to speak up one day and say, well, my mom doesn't allow that. <laughs> yeah. My mom doesn't allow that. And I was like, wow, I mean, that's great. Like she was okay with that and she was okay saying it. But four years ago, no way. Like it would have been, been a completely different story. Yeah. yeah. But she will even say that now, like if we are having conversations with other people, she's comfortable with it. I think she's seen that as you get a little older, you watch your peers and you see how sucked into a phone they can become. And for the most part, she's pretty good handle on it. doesn't mean that I don't ever need to say anything. But again, we kind of have all these established boundaries where there's a bedtime for the phone and there's a wake up time and it never goes in the bedroom. And so just those kinds of things really help a lot. What's the bedtime and what's the wake up time? Yeah, bedtime's 10 and then she goes to an early morning like church class, it's called seminary, actually at seven in the morning. So her phone turns back on at six. Okay. Um, but 10 again, seems late. In her bedroom. Yeah. Except for she gets home from dance at nine 30. Okay. So she is into dancing and she has a dance class, I think four nights a week. And with the older girls, they don't get done till like nine 30. So she'll get home and there will still be sometimes you know, she'll want to text a friend or there will still be homework yeah. that she'll need to do. And so that that's a bedtime for her with the younger kids or, you know, like my middle schoolers. It's more like nine o'clock where, you know, they need to be off. And then my younger two really don't spend much time at all on devices. I'm still pretty, very, quite restrictive with them, but they don't ask a lot. They, they just do other stuff. So yeah. it's nice. Hey friends, a quick break here to let you know that I'm going to be at the Donna Marathon weekend in Jacksonville, Florida. It's the weekend of February 6th, and this is a 5K half marathon and marathon that supports the Donna Foundation, which helps people who are walking through a breast cancer diagnosis 
and also funds groundbreaking research. This is a race I go to every year and I would love to have you join me there. You can go to breastcancermarathon.com and use the code Lindsay10, that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-0 for 10% off any of their races. I will be doing the half marathon and we will also be having a meetup around lunchtime on Saturday, February 5th. So that's the day before the half marathon and the marathon. And I would love to meet you then. Um, if you are following me along on Instagram, lindsayhine626, I'll be posting more details there about the official meetup that we're having. Uh, all right, friends. I hope to see you down in Jacksonville in February and enjoy the rest of my conversation with Andrea. Um, I'm curious, did you talk to her about, this is something that, I mean, this is something I need to do for myself and I want to definitely talk to my kids about it if they um, do get on social media, like curating what her feed looks like so that she's following people that are like positive and, you know, people that aren't going to like make her feel bad about herself and things like that. Yeah, that's definitely one of the things we talked about in our as we went through this, the untangling teens and tech course was, I think it was part of identifying your values, but along with those values, yeah. Who do you follow who emulates those values? And so, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, just having the conversation about following people that are going to be positive and make you feel uplifted and, and not make you feel worse about yourself. And, I think as we see these headlines that are starting to come out about, you know, Instagram being toxic for teen girls. And again, you curate your feed. And so, but sadly, there are a lot, there's a lot of information out there about self-harm, about suicide, um, eating disorders, pretty cutting. I mean, all the things that you wouldn't, don't want your teenagers to get into drugs. There's just content out there just waiting for them. And so you really do have to talk about what do you want your feed to look like and then and checking in with them too. Not not in secrecy, but just together is really helpful. The values thing. I I love that. And so the other day my boys, everybody just had a day. Like it was just not a good evening in our house. And everybody was fighting and being mean to each other. And so I'm like, we're gonna get our family values in line. <laughs> so nice. the next the next morning I got out the big whiteboard that I bought these whiteboards for my office and yeah. I have not put them on the wall yet and they've turned into like toys for my kids which I'm like uh-huh. well, they're like plain they're like writing letters and stuff on there so I'm like maybe I just need to buy myself a separate one. But anyway. Yeah, totally. Kids <laughs> so love whiteboards. They love them and my son, my 5-year-old was just practicing his letters so I'm like, well, I guess that's a good yeah. thing. It's more fun it than is. paper. Totally. Um but anyway, so I had everybody write down their three family values. Oh, that's awesome. The <laughs> After the fact, I was like, well, I think we need to talk about what a value is because they were mostly writing like <laughs> they're, they, I mean, my kids are three, five, six, and nine. So the little ones are obviously, <laughs> they're not going right. to say like a value is being honest and things like that. But yeah. it's like, don't put your feet on the wall. <laughs> Don't hurt mom and dad. (laughs) Don't break the windows. And, you know, we had a couple that were like, be kind and things like that. But I thought it was fun. And it was a simple, it was like a simple exercise that I think 
we'll probably revisit like every six months just to like yeah. see how has that changed. And then we can talk about what's a rule versus a value and things like that. And um, taking that into their life on social media and in the real world and in our home, like the importance yeah. of all three of those aspects of their life. Totally. And again, like you laugh about, okay, don't put your feet on the wall, but but what is that value? That value is being respectful, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're they're right, they're spot on. They're just you know they're sharing examples, and so they they deep down know what a value is, you know, and and so that's really cool to see. And that's how it starts. Just having, I think that's awesome that you did that. Having those conversations, and that's and then that way it won't be weird when they get older, and you're really trying to help them identify their values when they have more access to technology you will have already laid that foundation. So that's awesome. I love that you said that because I don't know why, but I didn't think of it like that. I didn't think of it like, oh, they say don't put their feet on the wall. But what we're really getting down to is that's disrespectful to put your feet on the wall. So being respectful is the value. Yeah, I think everything they said, what else did they say? Don't throw stuff at well, the I will, Well, one of them was, I said, okay, I'm going to be honest. I said, don't hurt mommy and daddy. But it, he actually said, don't kill mommy and daddy. <laughs> and awesome. I, I didn't want to say it out loud because I was like, that just sounds too, like too much. But that's, in all right. honesty, what he actually said. <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, so I mean, what value is that? Obviously, that's respecting life, right? Yes, there and, you go. Uh, yeah, just again, you know, depending on people's beliefs or whatever, but yeah. if they're Christian, it, it is a, a commandment. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like it. So anyway, also, if anybody's kid says anything that feels alarming to them, know that you are not alone and all of our kids have said yes. alarming things. Oh, totally. Yes. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I want to talk about the relationship with your partner because one of the things that is hard is making sure that you're on the same page. And I know for our family, I think probably hosting this podcast is one of the reasons because I'm constantly researching guests and topics and things like that. So and reading books. And so my head is always in the place of like how I want to run things where my husband is a little bit more like you just do, right? You just live your life and you just do and and you try to, you yeah. raise your kids well, but not overthinking it. And so I'm curious your thoughts and you know how you talk about it in the course on if one parent is like overzealous and ex- super excited to create this tech plan or you know, write the values out or things like that and the other person's like, "Okay, okay." Just kind of like <laughs> along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah, well, I will say that's normal. And, and generally it is the mom who is more gun ho because our brains tend to be able to think about lots of different things and we multitask, but our brains also multitask. And we are, I think just, I think we have like this almost innate gift to really nurture our kids and we want what's best for them. And, and dads are amazing too. And I think that they bring different things to the table And so what's awesome is that we know that when it comes to technology and really anything, if we're too extreme one way or the other, we'll lose our kids. Mm. So if we're too extreme in that we just completely have a free for all and let our kids have access to everything that we're going to lose our kids to tech. 
And we know that on the flip side, if we're way too controlling, we never allow it at all. And we parent from a place of fear, then we also will lose our kids. And there's tons of research on that. So the in parenting, our goal is always to be like kind of in that middle place where we're teaching, we're mentoring, but we're not, and we're not just like letting everybody do what they want. And so when when it comes to a partnership or a marriage, that's helpful because you bring two people together with different ideas and then they bring balance to your kids. And that's what Tyler and I, my husband and I have found in our marriage as we've worked with our kids and also established screen time boundaries that we haven't always agreed but that it's been good because for I'll now give you an example. Like I would have liked to put filters on everything and used every kind of filter possible out there to make our home basically like Fort Knox. And my husband is a software engineer with degrees in mechanical engineering. So he, you know, he built one of our computers. He's very tech savvy. And he essentially said, Andrea, there's no filter that can completely block everything. It's not possible. So he's like, you really, we really have to focus on teaching our kids and building the internal filter. Mm. And so we collaborated and worked together and we have found like a router that we really love that does, you know, filter content. And we use OpenDNS, which is a free filter. So we do use filters and we've layered them but we also have primarily relied on teaching our kids and talking to them and having these boundaries because, again, if Tyler hadn't kind of stood his ground and he would have just said, okay, yeah, let's buy all the stuff and put it all on, then that's what we would have done. And I don't think better screen time probably wouldn't even exist because I probably wouldn't have seen the need to teach my kids. Yeah. And so that's where I think you just kind of have to think of it as being a benefit. And then if there's certain times when you feel like you are kind of doing it alone, just having a conversation with your spouse or partner when the kids aren't around and letting them know why this matters and even just sharing statistics and and data and real world stuff with them. So it's not just all emotional, Mm -hmm. but it's really like this is what, you know, teens are faced with right now and what they're going through. And um, that can help them see that, no, this really is, this is a big deal. And it's part of parenting today. So we've got to up our game and just being like upfront with it. We got up our game. So can you, you help me? You don't have to run the show. I'll take care of that. But can you have my back? Yes. I feel like that with a lot of different topics. I guess if I, I guess if I categorize them though, I'd have to really think about it, but tech would be like one of the big three in terms of, yeah. of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to hear about the filters because, well, so right now our kids, the only devices they have are their school computers, the two big ones. And then we have a, a Nintendo switch. Uh-huh. That's it. So the school computers have some filters from school, but like, I don't, we haven't added anything extra. And then I don't, I don't have anything on my computer or my husband's. Now they don't get on our computers now. Um, but I don't know, you know, they could sneak on or whatever. So tell me your like filters you recommend and like top three kind of like safety protocols you would take when your kids, you know, might have access to a computer and you're not around. Yeah, so we definitely should put some filters in place, and this especially helps our younger kids who might just stumble across something, yeah. and they're 
they're innocent and they really aren't trying to circumvent any parental controls. Yeah. So it is important for that reason because there are things that you can't unsee. So we go through this in the course, but Tyler teaches you how to set up, uh, it's mm. called Open DNS, and you can set it up in 30 minutes. It's free. It's all, It's been available for years and years, and it's just like the internet's, it's almost like the internet has a phone book, and the, so there's these IP addresses, and that's just like telling you where the, the different computers and the networks are, but it will go through and just they do their own monitoring where they just block certain sites and they're it's constantly like refreshing all the time. So you can set that up. And then on top of that, you're quite often routers have parental controls. So your router is how you get internet into your, you know, your house. And we use the Griffin router and we have an article on our website on betterscreentime.com where Tyler actually, you know, talks, talks you through it and helps you know what you can do with it. But that is an additional filter that you can put in place. And the other thing I love about that is you can actually set up different parameters for different age groups. So you put like, you'll put Mm -hmm. each of your kids as a user and it will pick up the school devices too, like your Chromebooks or iPads and it will pick them up and it will show them. And you just use an app on your phone and you can like, you can pause the internet, you can set up certain like, okay, these are school hours of times we're going to do homework, you can block YouTube. I can hate do all those YouTube. <laughs> but you know you what? Can block all those things. Pause real quick. My, um, I say I hate YouTube. But I will say, sometimes I walk in upstairs, the kids have uh, the TV upstairs in our playroom. And they're watching some really cool stuff on YouTube. Like, they're just like yeah. watching these people like, camp and like do like outdoorsy stuff so I'm like I shouldn't say it with such passion because yeah sometimes my kids find really cool educational stuff on YouTube yeah at our house we kind of try to make it the rule that it you only watch it together yeah like that's a watch great idea YouTube together yeah. and in open area so yeah. we're not like on yes. a device isolated yeah but yeah the, we have my kids have some favorite youtubers that they like to watch yeah I and, mean there's some like wholesome good stuff and like right. so, even some of the like families that like their kids do stuff they're just doing like experiments and like it, I mean it's yeah, good clean stuff totally. but there's also some like awful stuff. So yeah. So again, like you can go in and you could block YouTube just on a certain like school device so that they're not getting distracted. But then sometimes, you know, the teachers ask them to watch YouTube video. So it's just, it is tricky, but again, having that family tech plan, but then also, and then I always recommend that families shut off their Wi-Fi at night. So, Oh, that's a great idea. You can do that with the router and it's just a setup and it turns off and that helps me too. Right. Oh, it shuts off at 1030 for us. So if I'm still on my computer working at 1030, I'm like, oh, I just got kicked off. I guess that's going to bed. So smart, because as your kids get older, they wake up in the middle of the night. They can go to the kitchen. I mean, even if it's a family rule, like kids make bad choices. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Like I have parents tell me all the time. Yeah, my kid was up till like three o'clock in the morning watching YouTube and I had no idea. So it's just like a simple way to, you know, you make it the family rule, right? Or the family boundary and you include it in the family tech plan. You have everybody turn devices in, but you also 
just make it easy for yourselves and turn off the Wi-Fi. Um, the other night, we let all of our boys sleep in the playroom upstairs. You know, they all sleep together in their bedroom anyway. So anyway, they slept <laughs> in the playroom and we let them just like watch a movie and fall asleep. And then we went up and turned the TV off. Well, I didn't think to also take the remote downstairs with me. And oh. apparently my five-year-old woke up in the middle of the night at like two and just turned on the TV. And like they were watching TV for like two hours in the middle of the night. They were watching like a movie or something on Disney. But oh, like that's hilarious. I was like, oh, and that's similar to your Wi-Fi thing. Like I was like, if I'm going to let them sleep up there on a weekend night or whatever, I need to take the remote downstairs with me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And you learn those things by trial and error, Which right? Is, yeah. And like, you know, years ago, if it would have been my older two that I would have been horrified. Like, oh my gosh, they woke up in the middle of the night and they're watching TV. But now I'm like, it's fine. We'll get through the day. They're just going to be a little bit tired. Yes. As you get a little more experience as a mom, you start to relax just a little. I interrupted you, though. You were going through the routers. We talked about Open DNS, the router Griffin, and I, you were going to one more place. Yeah, well, and then just using your parental controls okay. on your. So if if it's devices like phones, you want to use either Apple Screen Time or Google has one called Digital Wellbeing. So you should definitely use those once you've got older teens and if they have their own devices. But also using parental controls on your Switch or whatever other devices you might have in your home make sure that you're using the parental controls that they that they come with so and I we don't do gaming in our house so I am actually not an expert on that um necessarily but I just know that they're available so um I mean I feel like the course itself is worth it just to have your husband walk me through the open yeah. DNS. Yeah, that whole section is called Tyler Teaches Tech. And so I yeah. don't think we'll probably even be adding some more things, yeah. you know, in the future. But it's a really great, yeah, place to start. So, um, okay, so we, we're talking about the external filters, like the filters that we can put in for the computers and the phones. But what about internal filters? Talk to us about teaching our kids about internal filters. Yeah. So again, I think it comes down to talking to your kids about values, which we've, we've already talked about, but also just teaching them about what's out there. So in the course we talk, we have a, a lesson about pornography and cyberbullying and online predators and, you know, what to do in those situations. And you can even role play with your kids. Like, what will you do if somebody says something inappropriate in a group text or chat and, and what, you know, how should you react? So again, I think it's practicing with our kids and talking a lot about your family's values and how to live those. And, um, yeah, that strong sense of self, like helping them to just have confidence in, in who they want to be both offline and online really. Yeah. And that kind of ties in with the, the self regulation on the devices. You said you have a 30 minute time limit for your daughter on Instagram. Do you have that same for yourself? Uh, no, I don't. I had a time limit before I, that's the interesting thing, before I started running better screen time. I know it's hard. But I do have um, something I call my daily bookends. And I actually did an, an Instagram reel about this yesterday. But I try to start my day with intention. So I won't open up Instagram first thing in the morning. So I make sure that I've spent time with my kids, that I've exercised. Um, that's really important for me. 
getting outside, eating something healthy. I like to read my scriptures, but I think if people like to meditate, whatever they like to do, but thinking about your daily bookends, like how do I start and end my day and how can I do that without social media? And then just having those certain windows of time when you're not going to be on social media. So again, when the kids get Mm -hmm. home from school and during family dinner. So for me, it's more about being present during those certain like anchor moments of my day. And then really during the day, I'm using social media to run my business. And so it's just different than if I was using it personally. But I, I do recommend parents if they're not using it to run a business. I think 30 minutes is a great uh, sweet spot. And then having one day a week where you're completely off. So I need to do that. I, I take um, every Sunday off. And I've done that, I think, for three years now. Um, I just and if you can't, like, if you feel like you're going to have the impulse to want to touch the app, you can just remove it from your home screen. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful because you don't even have to delete the app. But just by removing it from your home screen, you just hold it down, hit remove from home screen. You will, when you go to your phone and your finger's like ready to go hit it, yeah. you're like, oh, it's not there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be on there today. So that can be helpful as well. Well, yeah. I'm, and I'm not going to be, try to be like too cool for school and say that I don't need to delete it if I'm not going to get on all day. I need to delete it if I'm not going to get on all day. Like that's just, yeah. I know I'll go look for it for some reason or another that doesn't need to be happening. And so, if I do choose, like usually around Christmas time, I'll, I'll get off for like three or four days just to like yeah, me too. really reset. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should do the once a week. And I think Saturday or Sunday, great. It's a great yeah. like, day to do that. I think one day on the weekend is nice because your kids are home yeah. usually, you know, from there. And so that's whether you're doing family activities or whatever it is, but just like, yeah, just completely stepping away. It's it's so nice for you too. It's not just about, I mean, obviously that is important. We want to be present with our kids, but it's also for your own mental break. <laughs> just, yeah, to be able to think clearly and think about what your priorities are, I think. Well, and yeah, and most weekends we tell our kids like no computers on the weekends. So like their school computers stay in their backpacks and it's like, nice. if I'm telling them that, I should probably implement something like that myself. That's it's yeah. hard though because you know here's one of my biggest struggles is you know my kids see me on my computer or on my phone or my Kindle and mm-hmm. they're like you're on technology mom you're on technology and I'm like well I'm on my Kindle I'm reading a book and they're like it's still technology yeah. and I'm like no it's it's different I'm I try to explain it but they still look at it as it's as if it's a device even though it's a book I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. Well, one of the conversations that we have when you're creating your family tech plan is to talk, maybe we've talked about this, but talk to your family about the three C's. Mm. So that's creating, am I creating, consuming or connecting? Okay. And so like for me, reading a book was, I mean, you're not creating, but you're, um, it, it is like a type of creation you're reading, you're yeah. learning. Right. And then, then, so talking to your kids about the difference between that and just consuming like consuming a book that's that's different right than if you're consuming social media or a video game or something like that so I think making that distinction as a family because my kids will even say that because I have a daughter that likes to 
um, write stories with her cousin on Google Docs mm. and her cousin lives in another state. Oh, that's fine. And, you know, she'll be on it. She might be on a computer 45 minutes and she's like, I'm creating mom. Right. Like it's not all bad. Like that's a great yeah. thing. That's a great reason to use your computer. Maybe one yeah. day you'll write a book, you know? Totally. Yeah. So just having those conversations and then, but then being present if it really is like, oh, my kids are really what they're trying to tell me is yeah, they want my attention right now. <laughs> well, right. Because if you really think about it, like if you're constantly read, I love to read and I, lo- and I, I don't mind it when my kids see me just sitting on the couch reading. Yeah. But in the same, in the same sense, like that could be the distraction for you. Like just because you're reading doesn't mean like you maybe don't need to put the book down and be present. Right. Even yeah. though like well, it feels less guilty for you yeah. because you're not consuming somebody else's social media. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And again, there's always been distractions from parents. Right. And so we just have to be mindful of that. I always think about that with my with my parents and like our grandparents. I'm like, what was my mom doing? You know, my mom was so young when she had us. She was 19 when she had my sister, 21 when she had me, 23 when she had my other sister. And she oftentimes tells me because I think she kind of laughs at my little podcast. She's like, there's just so much information and so much, so much coming in. She was like, I I didn't, I just did. Like, I didn't have time for any of that. Cause I mean, same with my mom. <laughs> Cause she was so young. She didn't have the resources we have. She didn't have any money. I mean, who would have money if you had kids at 19? Exactly. And, um, so yeah, I, it, so I'm always like, what was she distracted with? And I, I think it was probably cleaning the house. Cause she always has a very clean house. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Like my mom, she did, she, she cleaned the house and, she cooked and yeah, I'm, my mom did always read the newspaper a lot, but it, again, I felt like she was kind of being that potted plant. She would usually mm. read it at night mm-hmm. and that was usually when I would come out and, you know, want to talk to her, <laughs> interrupt her, but I just knew she was available. So going to be yeah, the potted it's a plant. different, yeah, it's a different era. That's for sure. I remember last thing I'll say, I remember my mom would always, um, have like, catalogs you know like now you you online shop she would have like ll bean or whatever and she would like circle the things that she wanted and i'm like yeah i guess that was her being on instagram or whatever scrolling for like online you know because you now you get all the ads on instagram right i know no it really was i mean i even remember from my childhood we got the jc penny i went through and circled stuff so yeah Times have changed. All right, friends, we are going to offer you a discount on Andrea's course, which she just relaunched it. Bigger, better, but concise, right? Than ever before. Just the stuff that you really need. Um, So creating a tech healthy family, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y 20, you'll get 20% off the course, just go to betterscreentime.com. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And you'll see at the very top, there's a link that says online courses. So just click there and it will take you to creating a tech healthy family and you can check it out, you know, see if it's right for you. Our goal again is to help families reduce screen time, restore family time and raise kids who thrive. So if that sounds like something that you want, I'm definitely ready to help you. Um, and we're going to run that until Saturday, December 11th. So yeah. 
uh, make sure you get on that if you are interested. Andrea, thank you so much. Yay. Thanks so much, Lindsay. You're such a great podcast host. I love, I love recording with you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Andrea, for coming on the show. You all can learn more about Andrea and all she has to offer when you go to betterscreentime.com. And don't forget, if you use the code Lindsay15, that will save you 15% off their new uh, tech healthy plan. I highly recommend it. Don't forget to check out the Donna Marathon weekend. If you go to breastcancermarathon.com, you can join me the weekend of February 6th and down in Jacksonville, Florida. The code Lindsay10, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, 1-0, will get you 10% off any of their races. We're having a meetup on Saturday. I can't wait to meet friends there. And I'll be posting more about that on my Instagram, lindsayhine626. Um, I hope you learned something in this episode today, or I hope it helped you in some way or encouraged you in some way. If it did, let Andrea know. You can find Andrea on Instagram. She is better screen time over there. She's just a really great resource, and I highly recommend giving her a follow. All right, friends. Thanks for being here. And uh, this podcast is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Network. You can learn more about all of our shows when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. Big thanks to my assistant, Emma Benner, for editing this episode. Have a great rest of your day, friends.